Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. And really, in this part of the journey, we're, we're calling it Earth Walk, the life of Jesus Christ. And all the way up to about chapter 11, we've been seeing so many different things about Jesus. We've been really broadening our understanding of Christ. Because I mean, if you think about it, if you've, especially if you've grown up in church, a lot of times we think we know a lot about Jesus, but the reality is, is we don't know very much about him. In fact, what we know about is how to be a Christian. If you think back to the many messages, and I think back, I've been a believer now for 26 years, been pastoring for over 15. The reality is, is that a lot of what we hear is a lot about how we should live and how we should act towards others. But when it comes to the reality of who Jesus is and what his message is, a lot of times we don't really know that. We haven't really heard that in church. And so that's why we've entered into this earth walk, why we've entered into the Gospel of Luke trying to look at the life of Jesus Christ, what he is saying, and what he's communicating to us. And as we've come to this part in chapter 11, we've seen that the gospel writer Luke is wanting to show us Jesus' reaction to those who reject him, to those who are indifferent towards him, to those who, quote, want to be neutral about him. So you've got those who just flat out reject him, and you've got those who want to see more proof, you got people who just want to be neutral. And so Luke is trying to show us the reaction to that. And he's basically showing us Jesus' reaction. And especially today, we're going to look at the issue of where we are at and how receptive we are to the Word of God. So we've been trying to answer some questions. So we've got a couple of questions here. One of them we've always have as we're entering this passage. But we've got another question for you to wrestle with today. First of all, who's this Jesus that he demands a response from me? Who's this Jesus that he demands a response? Because this is a question that every one of us here is going to have to wrestle with. Who's Jesus? He either says he is who he says he is or he's not. And if he is who he says he is, then what he's asking of me, and folks, there's a lot that he's asking of us as we look at the Gospels, I've got to make a decision about. I've got to make a decision how I'm going to respond to him. And what we see here in chapter 11, he's reacting to those who are not responding positively towards him. Those who are rejecting him. Those who are just putting him off. So the question we're going to wrestle with today is, who's Jesus that he demands a response from me? The other question is, is are you receptive to Jesus? Here's the thing. You can sit here and you can say with me, well, I believe he's the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for me. But that's not enough. What do you mean that's not enough, George? The issue is, are you receptive to what he says to you? See, there needs to be a give and take with you and Jesus. You need to be able to listen to him and decide to do something with it. Because a lot of times it's like, you know, marriages. Because after a while, have you noticed that after about three years, the honeymoon ends in a marriage? And and commitment takes over if you're going to go beyond the feelings A lot of times marriages end because the feelings end. But with marriage, it's got to be more than just feelings. It's got to be a level of commitment there. But have you ever noticed, have you ever met a couple where they're just existing together? Oh, they're married. Oh, they, quote, love each other. 
But the problem is, are they receptive to each other? Are they listening to each other? Are they hearing each other out? Are they responding to each other? That's what it means to be receptive. And really the question we're going to wrestle with today in this passage, we're going to look at verses 33 through 36, is how receptive are you to Jesus? How receptive are you to what he's saying? Because he's going to talk about a light, and he's going to talk about our eyes today, and really the issue is how receptive you are to him. What kind of eyes do you have towards him? Now, I'll explain what that means here in a moment. But uh, what we're talking about here is how receptive are you? And really what we're looking at is the windows to your soul. Are you going to be listening to Jesus? Because if he is who he says he is and he demands a response from me, it's all with what I do with what he says. What are you going to do with what he says? And that's really the heart of what he's saying here. Because remember now, he's addressing people who are rejecting him. He's addressing people who want to remain neutral who don't want to make the decision yet. What he's really going to reveal to them is really where their hearts are at and whether or not they're receptive to him. So I want you to notice with me, verse 33 to 36. Jesus is saying this, the writer Luke records, No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good... Your whole body is full of the light. But when your eye is bad, your body is also full of darkness. Take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. You're saying, wow, George, those those are some interesting words. What does it mean? They're confusing. Well, let's take it. We're going to basically take it into three sections here. We're going to look, first of all, at what the light is. What's he talking about, the light? Then we're going to look at what the issue of the reception, how we receive him, and then there's a warning here. So I want you to notice with me, first of all, the issue of the light. Look with me at verse 33. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket or on the lampstand that those who come in may see the light. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus is talking about his message. He's talking about his ministry. That's the light here. Because remember now, he's dealing with people who are rejecting him. He's dealing with people who are wanting to be neutral about him. They're not willing to make a decision yet. So what he's going to talk about is is that his message, his life, well, here's the first point. His message is out in the open. That's the light. He's not hiding it. He's not putting it in a secret place. He's not hiding it under a basket. It's right out in the open. Everything that he's saying about God, everything he's saying about salvation, everything he's saying about himself is right out in the open for everyone to see. It's a light that's shining out there in front of us all. It's true today. God's Word is right out there. It's not failed, as Paul would say it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says that our gospel is not failed. But the reason why people don't see it, he says in chapter 4, is is because the God of this world has what? Blinded their eyes. That's key. It's a key verse. You've got to keep that in mind as we're going to look at what he's saying here. Because he's saying his message is out in the open. Here's the second thing he says in that verse. His message is for all to see. His message is for all to see. He says, you don't put a lamp, you don't hide it under a basket, you don't put it in a secret place, but you put it on a lampstand so that when people walk in the room, 
Everybody sees it. He's saying that about his message. He's doing what he's doing. He's saying what he's saying. It's all out in the open so that when people come and see him and they hear him, what? They know what's happening. That he's pointing them to God. That he is God. So he's talking about the light here being his message. Now he gets down into verse 34 and he talks about the issue of reception. Because he's going to change his analogy a little bit. Look at what he says in verse 34, because you can be confused by this. He says, The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Here's what he's wanting you to see here. The first point I want you to see here is this. Our eyes are the windows to our souls. Our eyes are the windows to our souls. Now, as I give you that, let me explain to you what I am not saying before I tell you what I mean. Because a lot of times people will take this passage and they will twist it and make it say something that it's not saying here. They'll twist this passage in a way that says, well, you can tell where people are at by just looking at their eyes. How many of you have heard that kind of thing before? All i got to do is just look in their eyes and I can tell where they're at. And you could say, well, you know, that's a dark person because they got dark eyes. And did you see the light in their eyes? Ooh, they're illuminated. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we do, don't we? That is not at all what it's talking about here. In fact, he's, he's taking it to a different place whatsoever than what you understand. What he's saying here is, is the message is his light. Remember verse 33. It's out in the open where everyone can see it. But what happens is, is that when you come in, your eyes are the windows to your soul. They are what is able to receive the light. Because you have to see the light to be what? Affected by the light. In fact, some of you here know what I'm talking about. Because some of you, how, how many of you are like this? About January, February in our area, when it's been shorter days, especially in January, the days are really short. And it's overcast and cloudy and it's snowing and the sun doesn't come out. How are you feeling about that point? Not good, are you? Not good at all. What's affecting you? You haven't seen what? You haven't seen the sun. You haven't seen the light. In fact, uh, you know, I, if you go up to Alaska, you know, my, my wife went up there before I married her. Some of the houses in Alaska have a room where they have lights that come on as bright as the sun. Why? Because you need that for what? Your everyday life. Because up there, you can have darkness, what? All day long at a certain time of the year. And the reality is, is what he's saying here is your eyes are the receptive part of your life as far as the light of Jesus. Your eyes are the windows to your soul. So he's going to make two points here. Number one, good eyes will receive the light. So what's he saying here? How do I know if I've got good eyes? Well, the issue is he's drawing a picture here. He's drawing an analogy. Good eyes are whether or not you're receptive. The issue is, if you're receptive to what God wants, you'll receive the light. That's what he's talking about here. Is whether or not you are open to the gospel to receive the light, to receive the message of Jesus. Good eyes will receive the light. Good eyes will see, and they'll see, yeah, that's Jesus. Wow, he's awesome. And they'll receive that, and they'll act upon it. That's what good eyes are here. Here's the other one. Bad eyes 
will repel the light. Bad eyes will repel the light. Now let's go back over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in our minds. The Apostle Paul says, what? That our gospel is not veiled. In fact, let me, let me turn there. I'll read it to you. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says that our gospel is not veiled. It's not hidden. Sort of like what Jesus is saying. He's not hiding his message here. But he said, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, that they may not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Well, that's a good parallel passage, isn't it? See, bad eyes can't see it. Now, I would say that their, their eyes are bad because who's blinding their eyes, folks? Satan is blinding their eyes. And so because they can't see it, there's the light, the light of the gospel, the light of who Jesus is, the light of what Jesus wants to do in their life. And if you've got good eyes, you'll receive it. It's windows to your soul. But if you've got bad eyes, you can't see it. It doesn't matter how much you explain it to them. It doesn't matter how much you sit there and talk to them. They just can't see it. How many of you have talked to people like that? You sit there and you tell them over and over and over. You bring out proof and they're like, man, I don't see what you're seeing at all. It's not that they're not seeing. It's that their eyes aren't good. They're not receptive. The issue is the receptiveness of their heart. They are not receptive to what God's Word is. They're not receptive at all. So here's what he's saying. Our eyes are the windows to our soul. Good eyes will receive the light. But bad eyes will repel the light. So then what does he say now? Look with me now at 35 and 36 because he's going to give a warning. And we're going to spend a little bit of time here. Look with me, verse 35. Therefore take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. A couple things I want you to see here about this. First of all, here's what he's saying to us in verse 35. Be aware of your soul's condition. Be aware of your soul's condition. You know, in fact, I'm going to be honest with you, that, that statement right there, if you read a lot of the old writers in Scripture, even from 50 years ago, You'll hear a lot of talk like that, of, of, of being aware of your own soul. You'll, you'll hear a lot of the old-timers, old preachers would talk that way. A lot of the old writers, going back hundreds of years, would, would talk about you doing a soul inventory of, of, of seeing where you're at in your relationship with Jesus. This is what Jesus is talking about here. Here's what happens. You can be so deceived about yourself that you think you've got the light, that you're okay, that you're illuminated, but really the problem is, is it's darkness. You say, what are you talking about, George? You know, I've been around a long time now, and I've met folks that they think they're okay simply because they're going to the church their family has always gone to. I've met folks that think they're okay simply because they've been baptized, and they think their baptism is what carries them through. I've met folks that think they're okay with Jesus simply because they grew up in a Christian home or went to a Christian school. You know, who knows what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? You see, here's the thing. They think they have the light. Jesus is saying, be careful that the light you have, it might be darkness. It might be a lie. See, the reality is, is your eyes, if they're good eyes, are going to receive the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for you, not because of anything you've done, but because of everything he has done. And it's not by any work of yours, but by faith alone. That's the gospel. Your eyes will receive that. 
But the problem is that so many of us think we're okay simply because of some other factor. You say, are you sure about that? Folks, listen, statistic after statistic, survey after survey over the last 30 years have shown that we have among us people who think, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but it's also because I'm a good person. It's also because I got baptized. It's also because I'm a member of that church. It's also because my family is this. Or it's also because of that, or because I didn't do that. And so they keep adding to the cross, and they think they've got a light, but the reality is, they've only got darkness. In fact, think about this. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says something like this. He says, in that day, they'll appear before him people, and they'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not do these great things in your name? Cast out demons, did all this stuff. Lord, we were on the Sunday school route. Here's the scariest thing. The scripture records that Jesus says, and he'll look at them and he'll say, Depart from me, I never knew you. See, those folks thought they had light. But really what they had was what? Darkness. See, this is the warning. You need to be what? You need to be aware of your soul's condition. You need to take a soul inventory of where you're at. Where are you at? Look, if, you're not, if you haven't changed... Can I be honest with you? If, if, as far as your spiritual life, if you haven't changed in the last 20 years, you need to start asking some serious questions. If you haven't seen God working in your life in the last year or two, you need to start asking some serious questions. You need to take a soul inventory. Is He real to you? Is the light illuminating from your life? And, and don't sit there and say, well, you know, my grandmama told me. How, do you, how does she know? She wanted you to get saved. It's not the prayer that saved you. It's the faith. It's the faith that saves you. Be careful of your souls. This is what Jesus is saying. Because the light you may assume that you have may be darkness. That's scary, isn't it? Now you're saying, well, wait a minute. Now, hold on, George. I still can't comprehend it. How can that be possible? Because Jeremiah tells us that our hearts are extremely wicked and who can understand them? Proverbs. You know, I've been going through Proverbs. I'm working on a project, and I've been going through Proverbs, doing some writing, and one of the things over and over Proverbs talks about is is that our motives may seem right to us, but the Proverbs will say, but God knows the reality of them. But even what I think may, is right may actually be wrong, is what Proverbs is saying. So there you are. You think you've got light, but in reality you may have darkness. This is what he's saying here. He's saying, be aware of your soul's condition. And then he says, here's what he goes, your light may be darkness. Your light may be darkness. That's the point here. I want you to see your light may be darkness. We already talked about that. He goes on then and says, but if you are receiving the goodness, if you are receiving the light, look at what verse 36 says, if then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, And the whole body will be full of light as when a bright shining of a lamp gives you light. Here's what he's saying. Our lives are illuminated by receiving the light. Your life's going to reflect it. Hear me. You need to mark this down. Mark it down. But hear me. If you know Jesus, your life will show it. Mark it down. Underline it. You got a highlighter. Highlight it. But if you know Jesus, your life will show it. That's the bottom line. If you know Jesus, your life will show it. Now, some of you are going to immediately say, well, I'm doomed then. Well, you know, I know Jesus, but I'm struggling. Uh, Listen to me. Hold on. Hold on. 
We're all struggling. We're all dealing with issues. It's called sanctification. It's called becoming like Jesus. And until the day we go to be with Him, we're all going to be wrestling with stuff. So don't, don't just dismiss what I'm saying to you. But here's the reality. If you know Him, you'll see evidence of Him in your life daily. Whether it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit when you do wrong, whether it's answered prayer, whether it's wisdom that He gives you and strength that He gives you to get through problems, whether it's the hope you have. If you know Jesus, your life's going to reflect it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because I know people who say they know Jesus, but their life doesn't show nothing. And I'm not talking about their life doesn't, they're not talking spiritual talk. Spiritual talk doesn't mean anything. It's where they are in their everyday life. How real Jesus is to them. If you know Him, your life is going to show it. So our lives are illuminated. They're different. People will see a difference in us because we've received the light. 25 years ago, I, I had a privilege... I was a young guy where I was 20 years old and was involved with a college ministry at the University of South Carolina. It was through their ministry that I got saved. And I was living in the real-life house. They were called real-life ministries. And I was living in the real-life house one block, just one block away from the, from the campus, from the campus of USC. And, 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 their, and their ministry was is to reach college kids with the gospel of Jesus. That's what they did. They reached a 19-year-old engineering student with the gospel, and I got saved. And what they would do is, is they would bring somebody in. So they brought a fellow in, a pastor by the name of Joseph Tan. He was an exiled pastor from Romania at that time. This, we're talking 1986 here. And, of course, at that point, Romania was communist, and so this guy was forced to be into exile and death, the threat of death on his head. And he came to share the gospel and I, and I remember he was speaking in the meetings that we had there at USC, and he spoke at my home church. And, and one of the things that stuck out to me that I'll never forget was this. He said, if in Romania, under the communist regime, see, if you're a Christian, you were overlooked, you couldn't go to school, you didn't get, you didn't get good jobs, you faced persecution. And he said, if you moved to another community, and you decided that in going to another community, nobody there knows you, you said you're just going to t not tell anybody. You're going to be an undercover Christian, a secret Christian. You wouldn't tell anybody that you're a Christian. You just would move to that new community, not tell anybody. He said that if a week, if in a week they didn't realize that you were a Christian, you probably weren't one. Folks, that's reality. If you've received the light, Jesus, look at what he says there. Look at verse 36. If then your whole body is full of light, having no dark parts, your whole body will be full of light as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. You're a light. Your life is going to illuminate Him. This is what He's saying. How receptive are you? Let's, let's, let's wrap it up. Here's three thoughts for you. Number one, kind of the question that we've been wrestling with, but let's keep wrestling with it. Have you come to grips with who Jesus is? I mean... Folks, it's, it's rubber meets the road. It's, it's either he is who he says he is, or he's not. He's either the Son of God, God in human flesh, or he's a great pretender, a dreamer. He either did what he said he did, that is, die on the cross, raise from the dead, give you forgiveness over sin, ensure you eternal life, give you the Holy Spirit as the great hope that you have now, until that time, or it's all a fable. Have you come to grips with him? Because, listen, before you say, oh, yeah, I've come to grips with him. No, 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 no. You, you don't understand. The implication of that question is loaded. It's a trick question. 
Because if he is who he says he is, and I agree with that, then what's my life reflecting? Do you know what I mean? What's my life reflecting? Has it impacted my life? Has it impacted my marriage? Has it impacted my children? Has it impacted my friendships? Has it impacted my workplace? What's it reflecting in my life? Now, again, I'm not talking about becoming a Holy Joe, but I am talking about that if you have come to grips with Him and you have received the light, that light is going to shine out of your life. Have you come to grips with Him? Here's the other question. Are you receptive to the light? This is the issue. Remember who he's talking to here. He's talking to people who are rejecting him. He's talking to people who want to be neutral about him. And he's saying, you know, no, you, 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 you can't. The issue is, is how good are your eyes? They're either good or they're bad. You're either receptive to me or you're not. And so, folks, are you receptive to him? And listen, we're not just talking about people who are not Christians here, because you might be sitting here and you're saying, oh yeah, this is directed to people who don't know Jesus. No, I may be talking to some folks here who, quote, know Jesus, but they're not receptive to what what he's saying, because they don't like what it means for their life. Are you receptive to it? I mean, picture it for a moment. If Jesus were to talk to you, I mean, audible, hello there. Would he have your attention? Or, parents, hear me out, parents, when you tell your child, I need you to do this, and they're like, "Uh," two hours later, I thought I told you to do this. When did you tell me that? Were you talking to me? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It might be something different in your house as far as the reply. I forgot. Are you like that with him? Are you receptive? See, it's not just enough. See, like you, you, if you were to ask my kids, is, is George Cannon your dad? Of course they would say, yeah, he's my dad. Just saying I'm their dad doesn't mean they're receptive to dad. Just saying that you believe that he's the son of God, that he died for your sin, doesn't mean you're receptive to him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you receptive? And then finally, receive the light of Jesus. I mean, it's there. It's out in the open. The message is there. The message of forgiveness. The message of, of, of acceptance. The message of unconditional acceptance. The message of, this is the life that I want you to live. This is the life. This is the way. Walk in it. And it's there. The, me- the light is there. So the question is, how good are your eyes? Are you seeing? Or are you blinded? can't see it. Receive it. Yeah, but I know, I, know, I know the excuses. Well, you know, I can't do that, George, because, you know, if I do that, man, what, what does that mean? Fear enters into it. We're afraid. My friends, you don't need to be afraid of the light. If you receive it, it will shine forth out of your life. So receive it. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.